Hi, I'm Pastor Brad Inman, and you're listening to the Orange United Methodist Sermon Podcast. We're a church in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, that wants to help you find your place in God's story. And we hope this sermon can guide you along that journey. Visit orangemethodist.org to find out more information about location, service times, upcoming events, and ways to give. We hope you enjoy. Good morning, church. My name is Savannah Wright, and I'm so excited to be worshiping with you all this morning. We thank Pastor Adam and Pastor Corey for those announcements, but we do have one additional announcement for you this morning. Next Sunday is the first Sunday of the month of February, which means we will be celebrating outdoor communion, and you can look for the link to sign up in Monday's email. Today's scripture reading comes from the Gospel of John chapter 11, verses 11 through 27. And it reads, After saying this, he told them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will be all right. Jesus, however, had been speaking about his death, but they thought that he was referring merely to sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. For your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, while Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they will die, will live, and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. I am Adam Seat, and I'm one of the pastors here at Orange, and I'm so thankful that you have joined us this morning. What a strange morning as we were anticipating possible snow and ice, but I'm so grateful that there, in the comfort and coziness of your own home, you're able to be a part of this time with us. I'm also so thankful for all the people that come together to make this happen. It takes a small army, and during the whole time, we're trying to keep our physical distancing from one another so that we are safe and sound, and we are so thankful for those volunteers and the tech team that enables this to happen. We're so thankful to have a stage full of those who are leading us in worship today. So it's just such a blessing to see the many different ways that we can come together and try to remain connected to the body of Christ. So thank you for joining us in this time today. Let us pray. God of grace, God of mercy, We give thanks. We have so many things to be thankful for, Lord. The shelter over our heads, the warmth of our homes. We give thanks. But Lord, we also give thanks that wherever we may find ourselves and in whatever circumstances, 
You're the God that seeks us out. You're the God that offers us new life once again. And so may we hear and receive that new life once again today. May it be made real for us, no matter what our circumstances may be. And so, Lord, take the words that proceed from my mouth and transform them into the word of God that we need to hear today as individuals and collectively as one body. Lord, we pray this in the name of Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit and all of God's people said, Amen. Today we are continuing in our series of looking at the seven I am statements found in the Gospel of John. As you remember, we began with I am the bread of life and we were being reminded of how Jesus identified himself as that and it drew back all the way to the time of Exodus, being reminded of that bread that came down from heaven, the manna. And Jesus' reminder to us that I am the bread of life is a reminder that it's not just once, uh, once in a while. It's every day. We must cont- continuously seek Him, for He is that which sustains us. We had a chance to then be reminded of how He said, I am the light of the world. And how in this world that may be filled with such darkness, but the light, the light of God comes into, and the darkness cannot overcome it. We were reminded the past couple of weeks of a similar image of how Jesus said, I am the gate for the sheep, recognizing how he is the one that offers the way and protects us, laying down his life for us, but also that he is the good shepherd. He is one that calls and we know his voice and we follow him. Today, we're picking up with the very next chapter after where we have been spending some time the past couple weeks in John chapter 10. And today, we pick up with John chapter 11 and probably one of the most familiar stories in the Bible. I am the resurrection and the life as it relates to Lazarus. Now, what is resurrection? Well, resurrection literally goes back to meaning uh, rising again, a, a resurgence. Now, some of us, maybe you've seen that lived out in your life, maybe a, in a house plant. I had a plant in my office a few years ago that even though I tried to water it, even though I tried to make sure it was in the sunlight and everything, that plant looked dead. Well, my Secretary said to me that as I was preparing to throw it away, she said, let me have that if you don't mind. And I said, well, good luck. It's a dead plant. You can put something else in this pot, I guess, if you want. But she took that plant. She replanted it, repotted it, put new soil in it, watered it. And sure enough, that which was dead came back to life. We called that plant the Lazarus plant from there on. Maybe you've experienced something like that. You've seen something that is almost, it's completely dead, but it has a resurgence, rising again, this new life. Now we know that through the scriptures, there were different times and different understandings of a resurrection. If you were listening closely as Savannah read that, you hear that being referenced about how we would all rise again on the last day. But there was this understanding that when you died, you went to, to sleep. In fact, in 1 Samuel chapter 28, there's this one point where Saul is king over Israel. And Saul is just, he is so concerned because Samuel has died. 
And Saul has not received any word or instructions from God. He has sought out a word from God and he's not known, had any answers. And so he hears about this woman, a medium in Endor, who, who is able to draw back those who have gone on and passed. And so he goes and he seeks her out because he needs to hear a word from Samuel. And sure enough, she rises Samuel, raises him from his sleep. Well, a spirit, not an actual body. And Samuel is not happy about being woken from his deathly slumber. And Samuel even says, why have you brought me up? We have that image in mind when we think about coming back of resurgence or rising again. I think about in Ezekiel, the valley of the dry bones, and how God said, prophesy to these bones. And these bones came back to life. And we know certain sects of Jews did not believe in a resurrection, but today we see where there is this belief and resurrection. And we look at the story of Lazarus. Now, at the end of John chapter 10, you know, as Jesus had said those things, I am the gate or door for the sheep and I am the good shepherd. Well, the Pharisees are in a tizzy. At the end of chapter 10, we even see how they have gathered up stones and they are prepared right then and there to take the life of Jesus. As they are prepared to cast the stones to kill him, Jesus is able to escape, and he gets away, and he and his disciples flee away from Jerusalem, and they make it all the way to the Jordan River where John had been doing his baptisms, where Jesus himself had been baptized. And as they have made this journey, this distance away, they have found safety, they have found safe harbor, they have found sanctuary. And you know, in that moment, after being threatened with potentially losing your life, it's got to be pretty much the good life. Everything probably seems stable, finally, for the disciples and for Jesus. And as they're there, they receive a message. Lazarus's family have sent a messenger to find Jesus to tell him that Lazarus, Lazarus is sick. Lord, the one whom you love is ill. Yeah. This is like the bad news that hits right in the middle of the good life. Sometimes we receive bad news that hits right in the middle when everything seems to be going great. We receive that bad news. Maybe it's a diagnosis that comes completely out of nowhere. Maybe it's the loss, sudden loss of a job. Maybe it's a relationship ending. Maybe it's a friendship that is broken completely apart. It's right in the middle of that good life that sometimes we get that bad news that it's like a punch to the gut. Right when we thought everything was normal and steady and stable, it seems like everything falls apart. Well, as Jesus receives this news that the one that he loves, Lazarus, is sick, that's that bad news. 
that we get right in the middle of things. And we almost expect the whole story to go like Jesus turning to his disciples and says, well, Lazarus is sick, fellas. We got to go. But that's not what he does. You and I know what he does. He says, this illness does not lead to death. Rather, it is to God's glory so that the Son of Man may be glorified through it. Then he tarries about there by the Jordan River for two more days, doing only Jesus knows what. Then he says, let's get up. Let's go to Judea. Let's go again. Let's go to Bethany. Which is really, it's so close, it's only a couple miles from Jerusalem. Which, as his disciples try to remind him, oh, Jesus, you remember Bethany is really close to Jerusalem. And you remember last time we were there? They wanted to kill you. They wanted to stone you right there. In fact, in verses 9 and 10, just before where we picked up today, Jesus says something that is such a Jesus kind of thing to say. Jesus answered, Are there not 12 hours of daylight? Those who walk during the day do not stumble because they see the light of this world. But those who walk at night stumble because the light is not in them. (laughs) That's such a Jesus kind of thing. So many times when we read what Jesus says, it's like, Jesus, you know they don't understand. Because we read it and we don't understand either. As Jesus says that, then he makes it a little more plain for them. And he continues and he says... Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to awaken him. Well, they don't get it. They don't understand what Jesus is saying, and I can completely understand their misunderstanding. And as they say that Jesus, if he's only asleep, then he'll wake up and he'll be fine again. And then Jesus makes it plain for them in verse 14. Lazarus is dead. And I go there for your sake. I go for I am glad that I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. That's where Thomas, man, Thomas jumps into the story. And in a moment, we're going to get to Martha and we're going to get to Mary. And today, instead of focusing really on Lazarus, I want to look at those three and the way that they may also experience a resurrection. So let's start with Thomas there. Poor guy, always has been, we've heard that name, Doubting Thomas, and it goes beyond just doubting the resurrection. When Thomas hears Jesus say, let's go to Lazarus, Thomas sarcastically replies back to him, let us go that we may die with him. Thomas, he is dead and his doubt. You know, we can experience being dead in the midst of our doubt also. I don't think I know a single person that hasn't at some point in time prayed and begged to God for something that never came. And sometimes when we pray and believe in such a way, we pray and believe it's going to happen, but it doesn't happen. That leaves us with a seed of doubt. And sometimes that doubt can get within us so much that we end up asleep and not even aware of it. 
Thomas already at this point. He's already dead in his doubts. And we, we can experience that too. When we're waiting and hearing and, and not hearing, maybe sometimes that death, death begins to occur within us as we too find ourselves full of doubt. Now, Mary, as we get to that, Mary and Martha, the sisters of Lazarus, Mary, Mary is dead in her discouragement and defeat. When Martha and Mary received the word that Jesus had come, Martha runs off to meet Jesus. Not Mary. Mary stays at the house. <laughs> What's the point? Lazarus is already dead. He's been dead these four days. What's the point? Jesus comes now? What's the point? She is so defeated and discouraged that she has found herself already dead. You know, we get to that point sometimes as well. What's the point? I can't change it anyway. I'm stuck I'm stuck in this relationship. I'm stuck in this job. I'm stuck in this horrible situation. What's the point? I'm stuck in addiction, and I don't know what to do. And when we get so discouraged and so defeated, that death begins to overcome us as well. We find ourselves just like Mary. What's the point of it all anyway? What's going to happen? Nothing. We find ourselves dead. Thomas was dead in his doubt. Mary was dead in her discouragement and defeat. Martha. Martha was dead in the delay. Lazarus has already been in the tomb for four days. And at the point that Jesus shows up, Martha is just so frustrated with how long it took Jesus to come and get there. Later on in the story, as, as they go to the tomb, <laughs> I love the way King James tells the story. Before, when Jesus calls for them to roll away the tomb, the stone at the tomb, King James Version says that Martha says, he stinketh. What a wonderful way to use the English language. He stinketh. But Martha, she says to Jesus, if you had been here, if you had come, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Some of us are like Martha. We're stuck and we're dead in the delay. We've been trying to see God move. We've been waiting and waiting for God to answer those prayers. We've been waiting for a relationship to take place. And it just seems like it's never coming to us. We've been looking for that job. We've been looking for that vocation. We have prayed that a loved one might come to know Jesus. And as much as we have put it out there into the heavens, we've not heard an answer. And in that delay... In that waiting, a piece of us dies. We become like Martha, dead in the delay, dead in the waiting. The thing is, when we're dead in the delay, we're overlooking that God's delays are not God's denials. 
God's delays are not God's denials. Just because he does, hasn't done it yet doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. And so in the scripture, as it says that Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would, nev- would not have died. But even now, even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Even now, I believe. You know what? You may be dead in your doubts like Thomas. You may be dead in your discouragement and defeat like Mary. You may be dead in the delay and so tired of waiting like Martha. But even now, even now, that which is dead cannot stay dead. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. The resurrection is not an event. The resurrection is the person of Jesus Christ. And the life that we have in him is that resurrection. See, things that are dead don't stay dead when Jesus comes around. It's not what he does. It's who he is. And we are called into this relationship with that resurrection. We are called into this relationship with that takes away all death. We are called into this relationship with the one who comes to us and calls us to come forth. And today, whether we're dead in our doubts, dead in our defeat and discouragement, or dead in the delay, Jesus calls forth, I am the resurrection and the life. And he calls you and me and all of us together to come into this life together. This resurgence, this rising again, this new life. Because dead things don't stay dead when the resurrection comes into the room. And today, that part of us that has been dying, that part of us that has been killing us from within, today, Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. And he calls us to walk with him. He calls us forth to experience that new life. Today, remember, I am the resurrection and the life. Let us pray. Lord God, we give thanks that we have a God that comes to us in the midst of our need who comes to us in the midst of our doubts, who comes to us when we are dead and defeat and discouragement. We have a God that comes to us even when we're tired and dead in the delay. God, I thank you. I thank you because right now, in this very moment today, there may be someone who has been experiencing that death. Maybe they haven't even acknowledged it or realized it yet. But the doubts have overcome. They feel so defeated and so discouraged, desperate for a change. And they've been waiting for so long. Today might be that day, God, that that they are able to experience, that they are able to experience that new life, that resurgence, that rising again that comes only from you. 
And in spite of this day outside being so gloomy and overcast and rainy and cold, God, we can experience this warmth of new life as you call us forth once again. So today, may we take hold of the great I am and the one who offers us that new life. And we experience it now. God, we pray this in the name of Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit. And all of God's people said, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Please join us again next week. In the meantime, you can find us online at orangemethodist.org.